I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report. It is October 24th in the year 2023. We're live streaming on the Rumble, on the YouTube, on the locals. Share, subscribe, tap that notification bell. And for reasons I cannot begin to explain, we do not have a post-game show today. Just bear with me, good people of the internet. We're actually going to jump away today from the Middle East, if you don't mind, for just a moment. Let's just take a break from the Middle East and everything going on there and how it's leaking into everything happening domestically. I want to just jump back into American politics for a moment because for the last couple of weeks, obviously, we've had this massive fight on the Republican side. Obviously, Matt Gates led these, uh, the seven others, including him, eight Republicans who teamed up with the Democrats to get rid of Kevin McCarthy, Trump-backed Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy. And basically, in the last two weeks, uh, the Republicans have been completely unable to get anyone across the finish line. And it looks like Jim Jordan, who I think would have made an absolutely excellent speaker, uh, will not be Speaker of the House. Well, I shouldn't say looks like, uh, because no, it ain't gonna happen. I wanna show you a little bit about how the media does their trickery, trickery related to when a good guy uh, on the Republican side is trying to get through, how they try to take him out. And, uh, and then we've got a Ruben Report uh, Locals Q&A for you. So we're gonna do all of that on the program today. Before we do, let me talk to you guys about TWC Health. Guys, I wanna introduce you to the folks over at the Wellness Company and specifically their medical emergency kit. Awake doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough started the Wellness Company to build a parallel healthcare system and bring about change in a corrupt and failing system. Part of that change is helping you to take control of your health and supporting you through whatever the next thing is that gets thrown our way. Most people don't trust healthcare right now. In fact, over 40% of Americans say they would avoid a doctor or a hospital unless it, it was a catastrophic situation. Well, that's where the wellness company's medical emergency kit comes in. Eight potentially life-saving medications for you to keep on hand in times of need, natural disasters, supply chain shortages, medical emergencies, etc. You can rest easy knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, antiparasitics to help keep you and your family safe. The kit includes a comprehensive guidebook so you never have to guess how much to take or when to take it. If you're like me and you want to make sure your family is prepared for the unexpected, go to twc.health/ruben and use code Ruben to save 15% at checkout. That's twc.health/ruben, code Ruben for 15% off. And now back to me. Yeah, let's just dive right back into the circus that is American politics right now and why I often say I definitely consider myself a Florida Republican, uh, but to say I'm a Republican Republican, like nationwide Republican is tough because the Republican Party is pretty damn screwy. The Democrat Party is evil, I'll grant them that. Uh, the Republican Party is pretty screwy. And then there's a mainstream media layer and a cultural layer and a TV personality layer of protection that the Democrats get by always taking out all the good guys who try to get through as Republicans. Here is, uh, do I have to call him comedian? Late night comedian? Here's a guy who's done blackface many times. Jimmy Kimmel, who apparently has a television show on at night, uh, going after Jim Jordan. And uh, as you can see, uh, well, comedy, comedian, well, just watch. Anyway, back to Jim Jordan. Trump said he would be confirmed soon, but they voted and Jordan was not confirmed. He fell about 20 votes short and they scrapped the second vote today. Turns out there's something about being a loser that really suits Jim Jordan. The <laughs> House is expected to vote again tomorrow. The insiders are saying that one of Jordan's biggest hurdles is that no one likes him. 
No one in the world likes him. And so a lot of Republicans were apparently turned off by the fact that during their closed-door meeting last week, Jordan told his colleague, Steve Scalise, America wants me, and stormed out the door. Which, uh, I bet Scarlett Johansson wants you, too. It's a... I don't think anything funny happened there. I, they have 20-some-odd people writing for that loser, that blackface loser. Uh, he has been uh, re-elected, Jim Jordan, been re-elected eight times in Ohio, so I don't know about loser, but I guess that's what passes off as comedy. Uh, let's show you one more from the late-night hosts doing their comedy, because they were very nervous that Jim Jordan, Jim Jordan, who by and large is is a moderate, he is painted as a, as a crazy far-right winger, and you get how the, the drill goes on that. Uh, but here's another late-night quote-unquote comedian, Stephen Colbert, going after uh, Jim Jordan and, and largely the GOP fight for the speaker. Remember, to get elected, Jordan or anyone else would need 217 votes, and that feels nearly impossible in this fractured caucus, as Missouri's Mark Alford explained. You could put Jesus Christ up for Speaker of the House, and he still wouldn't get 217. Well, that's true. The modern GOP would never vote for Jesus. I mean, he was soft on Samaritans and commanded everyone to sell their possessions and give the money to the poor. The guy was clearly a socialist. He was worse than a socialist. He was a Christian. Cut your hair, you hippie. Put on some pants. Leave the sandals back at your yurt, comrade. What is the reverse of comedy? If you, if, is there a word for the reverse of comedy? Tragedy. Tragedy, I guess. I mean, that's worse. That is like the black hole of comedy. First off, uh, Jesus Christ was not a socialist. Jesus was fighting the power. When you're, for, when you're a socialist, you're for centralized power. That actually is what Jesus was fighting, right? Whether it was the money changers or it was the Roman Empire. So Jesus was certainly not a socialist. He also wasn't a Christian, right? He was a Jew. Jesus, all right, all right, you got it. Anyway, do we even need to, Connor, can you put up like a little image of what his studio looked like there? The guy's sitting there with one mic and, a, and like a dirty ass sheet behind him. The guy's probably worth 50 million bucks. Look what we've done here. That's the difference. You see what I'm saying? It's the difference in the quality. But okay, let's get to the Democrats. It's not just the late night hosts. They have to lie and smear and freak you out about everybody who might care about the Constitution, might care about law and order, and might start doing some good things on the uh, Republican side. Here is uh, a guy who really wishes his name was Barack Obama, but instead it's Hakeem Jeffries. Your people here this weekend to continue to block Mr. Jordan, that you have enough votes every single roll call vote this weekend? We recognize that Jim Jordan is a clear and present danger to the American people. And we are going to be here for as long as it takes to end this national nightmare. This national nightmare. So, look, we're going to get to saying on Gates in a second. First off, the idea that Jim Jordan is a, a clear and present danger, like the guy believes in the Constitution. He's been one of the best on free speech. He's been one of the best on fighting big tech. Uh, twice he's invited me to events to speak to congressional Republicans about the important issues of the day and the media. Like I've only seen him to be like a decent guy. He's not an egomaniac, like all of the stuff, but he's a clear and present danger. Let's, let's show you Jim Jordan himself. You, you decide if this sounds like clear and present danger kind of stuff. My favorite scripture verse is 2 Timothy 4, 7. Paul's the old guy giving advice to the young guy, Timothy. And he says, fight the good fight, finish the course, keep the faith. And I tell folks, I love that verse because of the action in it. Because of the word. Americans aren't timid folks. They are people of action. And the words in that verse, fight, finish, 
keep, I think, fit the American spirit. Americans expect their government to fight for them. They expect us to finish our work, and they expect us to keep faith with the principles and values that made us the greatest nation ever, made us the nation that could go from the Wright brothers to Neil Armstrong. That's what we have to keep in mind. And that's the kind of attitude I think we got to have. The quickest way to get all this working is to get a speaker elected. That's what I hope we can do today. I'll take your questions. Well, it did not happen. He will not be the speaker. And it's like, if you look at the guy, like, do you think he's in it for the show? Does it look like he's in it for the show, right? Like, he doesn't even wear a jacket. Like, he's there to work. He usually has his sleeves rolled up. That's like a running joke with him. He's there to work. He, he would have been an excellent speaker. It's a damn shame it didn't happen. Clear and present danger. Maybe a clear and present danger to the socialist ideas of the Democrats of 2023, but certainly not to the nation. Uh, but a little bit from the Daily Wire on how the whole thing fell apart. Uh, after Representative Jim Jordan from Ohio failed to get enough support to win the speakership in three House floor votes, Republicans have elected to move on. GOP lawmakers voted to drop Jordan as their nominee in a new secret ballot in a Republican conference meeting on Friday. The tally reported it was 86 to 112. A new candidate forum is expected to take place on Monday. We need to come together and figure out who our speaker is going to be. I'm going to work as hard as I can to help that individual so we can go help the American people, Jordan told reporters after the secret ballot. So look, he's, he's taken it in stride. I think he would have made a great speaker. It sounds like Byron Donalds, who's from Southwest Florida here, is throwing his hat in the ring. We'll see what happens, but I'm going to show you a video of Matt Gates in a moment. Matt Gates right now, and this is exactly what I said, go back to our videos, you know, what was it, two and a half, three weeks ago, when Matt Gates pulled this thing off, where he took eight Republicans and worked with all of the Democrats to get rid of McCarthy. You may not have liked McCarthy. Now, now we know Trump backed McCarthy. You may have thought he was too swampy or whatever. I thought he was doing some good things. Thomas Massey, we showed you that video, who's the most libertarian member of Congress, said this was the most conservative Congress he had ever been part of. You may not have liked McCarthy, but Gates did make a deal with the devil here, and we're starting to see the details of that now, because even if you agree with Gates, right, and you wanted the Republicans to be much better, and of course we would all want the Republicans to be better and the Democrats to be better, Gates made a deal with the Democrats, and now the Republican Party is left in tatters, uh, but, but Gates is mostly pissed at the Republicans who did not all fall in line with Jordan, and to that end, I agree with him. Take a look. The, the most popular Republican in the United States Congress was just knifed by a secret ballot in a private meeting in the basement of the Capitol. It's as swampy as swamp gets, and Jim Jordan deserved better than that. All right. Well, I certainly agree that Jim Jordan deserved better than that. I can't speak to the truth if it happened in the basement of the Capitol or anywhere else. But this was the fear, right? Gates, you were going to take out a guy who was doing some good stuff, McCarthy, right? Was I happy with the Ukraine stuff or whatever? But like, basically... As Massey said, he was. this was the most conservative Republican Congress that we have had in a long, long time, right? He was tighten the, tightening the belt on some stuff. Gates made the deal with the devil. Now it looks like the devil's striking back and we could end up in a situation, we we, at this point, we could honestly end up in a situation where the Democrats will end up with the speaker even though they don't have the majority because the whole thing is so in flux. So anyway, I wanted to get you caught up on uh, on some of that because yes, there are important things and especially as Ukraine, and Israel, and Hamas, and Iran, 
and our border and a whole host of other issues are going on. It's like, would it be nice to have a functioning Congress right about now? Yeah, I, I think it would be. All right, let's get to a Rubin Report community Q&A. Tom says, Dave, let's set up an exclusive Rubin Report cruise. I think your fans and supporters would love an event like that. What say you? You know, I have not been on a cruise in many years. I used to do stand-up on cruises years ago, which I always loved cruise situations. Like it's just like a complete alternate universe with the biggest, most grotesque, buffets you've ever seen and like the shows and the casinos and then you know you stop at port and you jump on the beach for a little bit that actually does sound like a, a fun idea maybe we're gonna do a little digging we're gonna do a little digging i've been someone nodded at me uh carol says if iran is pulling the strings why are we dancing around that we're in big trouble and need to hurry up and step up i feel like we're just waiting for something to happen are we ready to push back are we safe look it is very obvious that Iran is funding Hamas, but not only funding Hamas, funding Hezbollah. Uh, also, they are protecting the leaders of Hamas in Qatar. Uh, we know that they're the number one state sponsor of terror. Again, you don't have to care about Israel specifically. You have to look at this from a global perspective. We gave them $6 billion and it turned out to be fungible money. Fungible money, they could spend it as any, any way they wished that they wanted to, and we know in essence that they spent it on terrorism, right? Uh, so a lot of this is emanating from Iran. There's always the ongoing question about, you know, how close they are to a, not only a nuclear bomb, but the ability to put it on an intercontinental ballistic missile, like all of the stuff. I don't, I don't know exactly what we do. You know, part of the problem right now is that when we had Donald Trump, who by the way gave us peace, Jerusalem embassy moved, we had all those peace deals in the Middle East, we, you know, we dropped the mother of all bombs, was that, I think, in Afghanistan? We did it, and everyone was like, all oh, hell's gonna break loose. He did it right at the beginning of his presidency. A little of the, like, I'm gonna do some stuff, right? And I carry a big stick, so you better be careful. That keeps bad guys in check. Then we get the Democrats. We pay Iran the six billion, or we release the fungible funds. We basically have a guy who's just a vegetable up there. No one thinks America is going to do anything. We have this horrific withdrawal of Afghanistan that now it looks like some of the weapons might have been either funded or might have been either funneled to the war with Russia and Ukraine or even to Hamas. Like it's it's such a freaking mess. But I don't know, it's 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 odd because they've led us down this, this path that leads us to where we are right now. And I suspect, you know, it's mostly before my time. I was, I was born in 76. Uh, but I suspect that the American malaise of the Jimmy Carter presidency in the late 70s, right until Ronald Reagan's first years, that's what we're feeling right now. A country that kind of is wandering, it doesn't know who it is or what it is or what it stands for. We've, we've emboldened the bad guys and we've said to our allies, ah, we're not so great. We're not so great. We're not sure we wanna, wanna be the leader of the world. So I don't know exactly what we do. I, I suspect if we had Trump, or DeSantis, or a competent Republican, the messaging would be stronger. I mean, right now, remember, 10 American hostages, at least, are still being held by Hamas, okay? How is it that Joe Biden has not given a speech and said to Qatar, you have the leadership of Hamas in your country, right? We know where they are, we know what hotel they're at, they're all billionaires somehow, like, if you do not release them, all hell is going to break loose. It doesn't mean that you wanna instigate World War III, but you, you start threatening people so that we get our Americans back. But we won't even do that, isn't that weird? Uh, Shakur says, my husband and I have wondered how you met Jordan Peterson and how your travels with him came to be. Well, you know, I met Jordan really thanks to you guys because this was, gosh, this is a long time ago now. It's about early 2016, if I'm not mistaken. 
Uh, no, no. I remember the first time I interviewed him, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it was the first week of November in 2016. We had just moved into uh, the first house we ever owned where we built the original Ruben Report studio. We didn't even have a studio yet. Our interview, our internet was wonky, but all my audience was messaging me. You got to talk to this guy, Jordan Peters, and he's talking about Peter Pan and all this stuff, but and he's interesting. And I interview him on Skype. It's still up. You could find it. Uh, November of 2016, it's very choppy. You could see it's going in and out. He starts crying at one point. We do this whole interview. We finish that interview. I swear to you, I said to David, who was the producer at the time, I, I turned to him and I said, that that guy was either the, the most incredibly genius person I've ever spoke to or completely insane. Now, obviously, I, I think he's the most incredibly genius and thoughtful. And I, in many ways, I think he's actually a modern prophet. If we were to believe that prophets of the Bible exist or that there are prophets, people that their message is prophetic beyond you know, it, it's transcendent beyond just the simple stuff we're all doing. Um, I think he is one of those people. Uh, how I ended up on tour with him was, uh, I think it might still be our most viewed video ever. I did an interview one afternoon in LA with him and uh, Ben Shapiro, and we were talking about religion and wokeness. I don't even know what it was called, wokeness at the time, all of the stuff. And Jordan was doing his first tour show that night. They hadn't even set up a tour, actually. It was just a one-off. Could he sell out a theater and just see what happened? And it was at the Orpheum in LA and Jordan was walking out of my house. We did about two hours with Ben and Jordan was literally at the door walking out. And I said, hey, Jordan, just, and it was just off the top of my head. I was like, hey, if you want me to come tonight, I'll crack a couple jokes about lobsters and some of the things you talk about and warm up the crowd for you. And without even, there was no pause. He was like, he was like, yeah, of course. And I went and I crushed it that night and the agents were there because they were all trying to see like, could Jordan replicate this thing? Does this thing have legs and a tour behind it? And it was sold out and everything else. And right then and there, uh, these were not my agents, they were his. They said, hey, you wanna join Jordan on tour? We think we're gonna put something together. And two months later, we kicked off the tour at the Beacon Theater in New York City, which was a theater I had wanted to perform in my entire life because it was right where I lived on the Upper West. And it was a legendary theater. And we did uh, 100, 120 shows in 20 some odd countries. It was, it was unbelievable. Mitchell says, any idea of how many adolescents and adults truly suffer from gender dysphoria? I'm starting to think that 90% of these trans individuals are just adults lacking any maturity and running around playing make-believe. You know, I would recommend you read Abigail Schreier's book, um, not An Inconvenient Truth, that Al, that's Al Gore's book. Um, hold on, I got it. What is it? What? Yes. Irreversible Damage. Thank you. Not An Inconvenient Truth is something else. Don't read that book. Irreversible Damage by Abigail Schreier, uh, who's been on the show and she's a good friend of mine. Uh, what she talks about is the social contagion element of this, which is why it affects young girls transitioning to boys more than boys transitioning to girls. Girls are going through puberty a little bit differently. They might not all be into Barbie and all of the girly stuff. And, then, and now society has pushed on them, oh, you must be a boy. And then we see this trickle up, not only into uh, through junior high and high school, but now into colleges, and we're seeing it with adults and you know adult men that have lived their whole lives that are fathers and everything else that suddenly are putting on a dress and demanding you call them their proper pronouns. It is not to say that there isn't that 0.001% of people who, who truly, after all of the, the psychological work one could do, truly believe they are in their different body, and, and even if even if it was a 20 year old who was confused to a degree, but just wished to live their life dressing in the opposite clothes and all that, if they treated me with respect, I would treat them with respect. But that is not to say that you have to then, you have to then bow to their inability to, um, to acknowledge what real biology is. That's why I would say somebody like Blair White, 
who is a, a trans female, meaning I can call her a she because I've had dinner with her and she's respectful and decent and all of those things. So I will use the pronoun that, that she in this case would prefer because she wouldn't ask me to deny biology. She would fully admit that she, that she was a biological male. I know it all, it all sounds sort of nutty t to some extent, uh, but this is where we have to have, there are realities and then there are how you are going to treat people. And, and those things can be divergent at times. And yes, there is a huge social uh, contagion element to this. Uh, Stacy says, are you going to Jordan Peterson's art conference next week? Yes, I am. It is in London. I, I have to be totally honest with you. I'm not thrilled to be going to London in light of just the protests and what seems to be a really kind of lack of, um, it doesn't feel like London to me when I see these things. Um, but I am super excited. Like so many of the old gang are getting together. Uh, so many of the people that you have seen on this show, old friends, new friends, like, I don't even have to go through the list. And we're gonna do a bunch of shows from there. I think we have six hours of studio time, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, the first, there's, there's about a thousand people. It's invite only for a three-day conference. So that's not open to the public. And we're gonna be talking about everything, like experts and politicians and lecturers and authors talking about climate, talking about economics, talking about social media, talking about free speech, all day long events, some dinners at night. And then the, the last day, which if I'm not mistaken is November 1st, there's a public event, I think it's sold out already, right? At the, at the O2, which is a legendary, uh, a legendary venue in London uh, where Jordan and Douglas Murray and I think Jonathan Peugeot, maybe one or two other people will be doing a talk. But yes, I will be there. Uh, Bolo says, will you invite Gad Sad back on soon to discuss current events? Yes, Gad is welcome anytime. And actually, you know, he's from Lebanon. His parents, I mean, his incredible life story, this guy, his parents were kidnapped by Palestinian terrorists in the, in the mid 70s in Lebanon. He eventually made his way to Canada. He has been such a, a good fighter for the, for the right ideas and, and talks a lot about the idea pathogens that have led to so much of the crumble of the West. Uh, speaking of Gad Sad, we just had uh, Brigitte Gabriel. I just taped an interview with her. She's also, uh, he's a Jew from Lebanon. Yes, they existed at one time, not anymore. She's a Christian from Lebanon whose family was also attacked by Palestinian terrorists. Uh, we just interviewed her. I've had her on once or twice before. She's just absolutely wonderful. So we'll get that up in the next day or two. And then yes, I will talk to Gad. We will have him back on. Uh, John says, I get it. There's a lot to criticize Trump for, but what are your criticisms, if any, about DeSantis? Well, first off, I just think it's clear in the last couple of weeks, I have completely laid off Trump because I think there are way bigger problems. I have no problem crediting Trump on any of the good things that he did when he was president, of which there were a lot related to the economy and foreign policy. And as I said, those all the peace deals and, and the rest of it. Um, I think his behavior in this primary, and I get it, uh, that's just politics with what he has done to turn seemingly so many people who, who know that DeSantis is the best governor in the nation, seemingly turn them against him, I think has been uh, dishonest, let's say. Um, but as far as criticisms of DeSantis, I mean, I guess I, have, I guess I would say I have two criticisms of DeSantis, which are things that I've discussed before, like he's unbelievably good at policy, but seems to maybe be missing a little bit of that X factor, whatever that thing is, that like just makes you turn your head when the guy walks into a room, like whether I think that's important or not, whether I want that from a leader or not, a certain set of people are, are viewing this in a like, who's the biggest star lens. And, and it's, it's sort of like he doesn't fully have that. I, that's not even, a, I guess that's not even a criticism because it's not a criticism from me. I want a mature leader who, who is you know forthright and does what he says he's gonna do and moves on to the next thing. So I guess that's not much of a criticism. Um, 
you know, personally, I disagree with his six week thing on abortion. I, I think the, the 12 or 15 week that we had 15 here in Florida, I think 12 would be fine for, for even a largely red state. And then you just leave it up to the people. But he has a belief. I mean, again, this isn't a criticism because I can defend his his beliefs. His personal belief as a Catholic was the heartbeat thing. That's more of a disagreement. But if I saw him, let's put it this way. If I saw him endlessly lying tomorrow, you know, every time I show a clip of him, it's that thing where I'm just like, oh yeah, it's true. So it's easy, right? It's not that I don't have to contort myself to explain it. Do you guys have anything? Like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to sit here. Like I'm being so like, yeah, I'm open to it. If you guys have them, I'm open to it. Really. Uh, Pratt. Well, I guess, I guess something would be that because if we're, I don't believe the, well, I can make another qualification. I don't really believe the polls either. I think something really different is happening, especially in Iowa. He's drawing huge crowds going to all 99 states or 99 counties. Um, but if we're to believe the polls, then the campaign hasn't done that well, in which case maybe he should have done some things differently. So we'll see. Uh, Pratt says, do you think the latest step in censorship in regulating podcasts in Canada will affect you? So if you guys haven't heard about this, they have been pushing this for quite some time, for about a year. Uh, the Canadian Parliament has been pushing this thing where podcasters, and I do think we covered this once or twice, will have to register all online journalists, talkers, basically, Viva Fry, Ezra Levant over at Rebel, plenty of good people up in, up in Canada, um, will have to register with the government. And then once you register with the government or get a license from the government, you can be taken out by the government. I don't know that it will affect us. We were registered as a business here in Florida. I, I don't know how that could happen, could Canada put pressure on YouTube and Spotify and some of the other platforms to, to silence people in their country who they don't like, even if they're broadcasting outside of their country? I suppose they could, um, but it's it's really dangerous. And if, if you care about free speech, especially if you're outspoken about it, I, I don't know how you could be living in Canada right now. Again, you, there is something happening in the world. You have an opportunity to figure out where you wanna live and how to live with people that are like-minded and that you feel like you can build a prosperous future around. Canada seems very, very shaky at best. A lot of the Western European nations seem shaky at best. Eastern Europe, Poland, Hungary don't seem that way. Certain states in Florida, uh, certain states in Florida. I just led too much. We're gonna have a Florida takeover America in a couple of years, I wasn't supposed to say that. Certain states in the United States like Florida and Texas are doing all right. And uh, you have to make decisions for yourself. Harry says, will you be at the RNC debate in Miami? I will be at the RNC debate in Miami. Uh, we will definitely be doing a post game for sure, probably a pregame. Before that, we're gonna try to get a couple of the candidates. It's unclear who, I know that uh, DeSantis obviously and Nikki Haley and Vivek have qualified, unclear about Pence and Scott and a couple of the others. So, so we'll see about that. What about Bergstrom? My man Bergram with the bad legs, he's out. I was pulling for Bergram with those eyebrows. Now they can study his eyebrows the way they, they were supposed to. Um, yes, and we'll hopefully do a pregame. Maybe we can do some other stuff. Um, stay tuned on that. We'll see. Maybe we could do a, a locals meetup, if, uh, depending on scheduling and that kind of thing. Uh, Prusky says, do you think it was a good decisioner for Governor DeSantis to accept the debate with Lizard Man, Gavin Newsom? I think it's a good thing. However, there are people saying that it was a mistake because he should be focusing on the primaries. No, I absolutely think it was a good thing. The thing that I just referenced about DeSantis where he needs that X factor thing, he needs something, because it's not policy. There is nobody, even, even the most MAGA, I'm in it forever with Trump person, nobody honestly believes DeSantis is not good on policy. They, they might be giving him shit over COVID, right, because Trump is, but nobody truly believes that. I really don't think so. I really, really don't think so. At least no serious person. 
Uh, but what DeSantis needs is something X-Factory. He needs something zeitgeisty. The way that RFK Jr. has kind of captured some of the zeitgeist, right? Because he's a Democrat who left the Democrat party. Now it captures something. The way that Trump has zeitgeist, right? The government's coming after him. It captures zeitgeist. He's a media guy. DeSantis has all of the right policies. He has the right biography, you know, in the military, lawyer, beautiful wife and family, young, three kids, like was a college baseball player. He has all the stuff and the policies, but he's missing the zeitgeist piece. And, and in many ways, the fight that America is having right now or should have or, or will have, maybe that's the best way to put it, is the fight of, is our future Florida, freedom, law and order, low taxes, uh, safe cities, or is it California? Big government, giant spending, you know, drugs everywhere, open borders, blah, blah, blah. So for him to just frame it, my vision for the future, the communist lizard person vision of the future, I think it will really help him. I also think, you know, one of the things he suffers from is that because we live in this cult of personality society, when he just gets up there and just says the right thing, people don't just mash the retweet button. Right, because they're like, oh, that, that was nice. What, what's next? Did, did a trans person punch a, uh, punch a dog? And he needs a little of that. He needs a little trans person punching a dog, and I think that that could happen. Uh, how was that? <laughs> Connor just shook his head no. Dave, what are you doing with your life? Hey, says, uh, what does a perfect immigration policy in America look like to you? First off, you have to close the border now. No more of this bullshit. I said S twice. I said... I said poop in the more offensive way twice. I've been trying to control it. Uh, you have to close the border. We either have a country or we don't. That's a Trump line. I totally agree with it. We have, we have no idea who's in this country. We have to close the border. That's not racist or anything else. It's the, it's the sole purpose of a nation state. You look at a map, there's lines on a map, right? It delineates who's Canadian and who's American, who's Mexican and, and who's from Brazil and blah, 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 blah. They, that's what the lines are on the map, right? That's how you know you have different countries. That's the whole point of a nation. You have to close a border. You have to figure out who is here. And then you can have some conversations about some people who have been here for a long time and, are, and have jobs and families and whatever. And, and I don't think you have to deport everybody, but you probably do have to deport a lot of people. You probably do have to, and you have to figure out who, who is here that has American values. Like, it's a lot of work. It's really, really complex. I also think that the next version of all of this, especially if, we, if Biden becomes president again or we get Democrat president, even if it's not Biden, is that then I think at that point, we can all just kind of wash our hands and be like, all right, the border is open. Let's just know what the Democrats are doing. The border's open. And then the states will have to make some decisions. Like Florida basically would have to say, okay, we've got you know this border with Georgia here. Like, are you allowed to just endlessly come and go? Can anyone just wander on in? Because, you know, Florida is in an interesting spot because we got three borders, basically, you know, east, west, and, and south are, are water. So you have a Coast Guard, you can make sure people don't come. Um, but you do have a land border and the states are gonna have to say, we, we will protect our borders. If the, if the United States federal government is in total negligence uh, or dereliction of their duty, then we're gonna have to do what's right for our states. And some states will do it and some states won't. But it should not be that way. Uh, Steven, with an important question, Shake Shack, Five Guys, or in and out It's definitely in and out for me. For you guys too? What do you, Brock, what do you got? Five Guys. Oh, right, you're a five. It's, is it for burger or for, total? Is it for burger or total? That's a very important question. So I will concede that the Five Guys fries are not great. I often don't get, wow. I'm sorry, that the in and out fries are not great. I often, yeah? So what you want for your totality, you're saying, 
totality? Like, do you have to add in like how much it costs? Besides, I would probably go in and out as a whole, but burger specifically, five guys. Brock, in and out as a whole, five guys in totality. Phoenix. Same, same exact thing. Wow, Phoenix going the Brock route. Connor. In and out. With the extra salt packet for the fries. I, it's the one thing I miss from Cali. We do not have in and out here. Yeah, I find Shake Shack a little greasy. That bottom bun is just filled with grease. What can I tell you? Wait a minute. But there's also a, a burger element to this? Uh, Shelly, I have a theory for why Trump won't debate. I think it's because he's looking and acting his age now, and he doesn't want people to see him interact with others who are quicker on their feet and don't look so old. They say it's because he's so far ahead in the polls, but I remember Trump as always willing to debate, to debate anyone at any time. What's your opinion? I think there's some validity to that for sure. He does not seem as sharp in these debate in in these talks that he's giving. Right? He's not doing that many rallies, but when he's up there, it's a little more rambly. His his voice inflection, it's a little. It does. It just doesn't seem as sharp. And also, he's angry. And by the way, some of that is righteous indignation, which is absolutely. Deserved, but it used to be funnier. That's what people were tuning in and tuning in for anger is a different thing But I think you're right. You know, he looks a little more and again, he's been through some stuff So I don't I don't begrudge him that um, but I think the juxtaposition of Him and DeSantis, you know, and it's like let's and DeSantis would keep it on policy Here is what I will do. Here is what I have done. Do you have any he would look at the camera? I mean DeSantis is quite good at that. Do you have any reason to think that I'm lying to you about any of those things. Look at my track record. Donald, here are the things you did not do. And, and Trump, because it's more rambly and whatever, you put that against Biden on a debate stage. And by the way, Biden is not gonna be debating anyone, for sure. They will figure out a way out of this, which is why Trump set a bad precedent here. Oh, we don't, I don't have to debate in primaries. And Biden, if it's Biden, will just say, well, you know what? He's a MAGA extremist and I don't have to debate him. And we will just have no debates anymore. And there will be no battle of ideas. And, and that ultimately is not good for a healthy democracy. But I do think there is something to that. I don't think this is purely polls. Although I will say that Trump, and this is where Trump is good in terms of PR and everything, he created, I think, what is largely an illusion related to these polls. He is not up by 50 points. I've been looking at the internals on these polls. Look at them yourself, don't take my word for it. They're usually 500 people, maybe 1,000 people. Like I think things are gonna be very different than what we think uh, once people start voting. And I could be wrong, obviously. But Trump created this incredible illusion. I found a couple polls, a couple polls say I'm crushing it, I'm not even gonna debate. And then everyone's like, oh my God, he's up by so much, he's not even gonna debate. So it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. I would, I would credit Trump with that tactic. And I would say DeSantis, if we could get back to that earlier question, needs to figure out a way to counter that because he's, he's the legitimate contender, right? There's one guy drawing crowds besides Trump, it's him. And we shall see what happens. Wow, look at us doing a straight up political show with some hamburger talk and a little other stuff. Hot diggity dog. And we ended with a hot dog. There we go. Rumble.com slash Ruben Report if you have not subscribed. And as I said, uh, there's no post game show today. I got a couple things to do, uh, but I thank you guys for watching and we see you soon. Thanks for tuning in to the Ruben Report. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubenreport.locals.com.